Hello there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael. So, this week was the, the premiere of the big last Skywalker saga, Star Wars spectacular, 42 years in the making movie extravaganza. I Star thought it was Wars. a long, unwieldy title too, but it's the Walt Disney Company and they can do what they want. Yep. Yep. I mean, hey, look, they got to let everyone know what they're getting into. <laughs> yes. So uh, we decided that we would take a little time to talk about it. We're going to do uh, initial thoughts, uh, spoiler free. We'll let you know when we drop that spoiler wall. Uh, and then we will kind of go into uh, our spoilery, in-depth thoughts for just like 10, 15 minutes or so. A few minutes. It's And it's it's tough to really talk about this movie at all without getting into what could be considered spoiler territory pretty quickly. I also feel, and we were talking about this before we jumped on Mike, I also feel like to really dig in and extrapolate on why every single choice either bothered us, didn't bother us, what we liked, what we didn't like, to really dissect everything, uh, we'd need at least an hour and a half to two hours. And, and y'all, we're tired man like we just we just uh, exerted ourselves heavily using our force powers and like if we if we take these two hours it'll be too much and yeah. we will dissolve uh while we look at the twin sons that remind us of our of our youths right of course yeah uh i'm actually already dead yeah you're the you're a force ghost yeah yeah, yeah yeah hey guys i came back just for this one recording uh man it's it's so worth it hey <laughs> hey i'm gonna give you a pep talk and uh then i'm gonna disappear uh no uh so what would you say uh, is your first reaction to having seen it? Okay. You've only seen it once, right? I've seen it. As of this recording, I saw it last night, and I've only seen it the one time. I Okay. These, again, like we're getting not my immediate responses, again, because I've had time to sleep on it, but we're getting my morning after responses, and I know I need to spend a little bit more time sitting with it. And I know I definitely need to see it again, because this movie throws a lot at you very quickly for the entirety of its two and a half hour running time. Having said all of that, there is a lot of stuff in this movie that I genuinely like. Having said that, uh, well, they, they made the movie they wanted to, I guess. Okay. That's their prerogative, and I'm sure some people are really going to love it. And honest, I'm genuinely really happy for those people. I did not love it. Yeah, I wanted to love it so badly. And you know, and if you listen to this show regularly, you guys know I really don't like going negative about anything, um, especially a Star Wars movie. I love I love this franchise deeply. Some of my earliest memories are of Star Wars or of like John Williams scores from Empire Strikes Back specifically. But of seeing the original unaltered trilogy on VHS, like it's part of my DNA. I, I grew up with it. Uh, so I, I want as much as anybody to love every single star Wars thing that comes out. And I didn't get there on this one. Mm, okay. Um, yes. I also really wanted to like it. Like I, I, I had trepidation going in because of all the, like beyond all the, the discourse online about the interviews with the cast and, and all that stuff. And like some of JJ's comments about um previous installments like i really want to go in and give it the benefit of the doubt um and not for nothing 
regardless of and every bit we're not here to talk about last jedi everybody has their opinions about it i've got mine you've got yours everybody listening has theirs i'm a fan maybe you're not and that's fine either way regardless of whether you love the movie hate the movie in my opinion when you are out trying to sell your new movie and the way you're trying to sell your new movie is by crapping on the last movie that a different filmmaker made not a great look right in, in my opinion yeah so that stuff aside um, I really wanted to give it a chance, but it, it felt like a step backwards and I, uh, I wasn't a fan. So like there were moments where I was sitting there and I could only think like this movie isn't great. And I felt shitty like sitting there in the midst of this big epic that they're trying to tell and really feeling not great about it. There were so many moments that I, I had the same thing where I found myself going, damn, I this moment isn't working for me, and I really don't like that this moment is working for me. That bums me out. Right. And then there were a number of moments that actually worked on me, and then I went, I can't believe that. I feel like an idiot that that worked on me. Like, I hate, <laughs> I kind of hate myself in this moment that that actually worked because it's so – there are a number – here's what I will say about the movie. I really did like a lot of stuff in it. I think J.J. Abrams continues to do his J.J. thing where – there's so much charm and there's so much personality and there's so much momentum that you almost in a lot of his movies don't notice some of the cracks in the foundation. Right. Um, there were things in this movie that actually got me emotional. Like I, I did cry a couple of times in this movie. I'm kind of thinking though, and I'm curious when I watch it again and see how I feel, I'm kind of thinking it's just cause he knows how to manipulate nostalgia. Well, you know what I mean? Like he's really good at that. That's kind of his thing. Like, yeah. I, and after this movie, I'm starting to suspect that maybe his uh, JJ's relationship to nostalgia is not necessarily a healthy one, but yeah. it's that's you know that's kind of his thing, and he's really good at at doing that. And so I I felt like a jerk every time I was genuinely emotionally affected by something when I could sort of connect those dots in my head and say like, oh, I feel this way because he's it's manipulation. Like it's, of course it's all manipulation, but you know what I mean. Yes, it feels the nostalgia manipulation feels a little bit cynical at this point right all right so i think we have given our general thoughts so this is a good time for us to uh jump off into the spoiler territory we know that this is the monday after it premiered so um you've had a few few days to to watch it but if you're still on the fence and you haven't had a chance to watch it maybe you're traveling for the holidays uh happy early holiday by the way um then this is your chance to jump off you can come back and get our spoilery thoughts, uh, but uh, I think that this is the point of no return. Right, you're, okay. you're following the beacon. We're getting to the planet where you walk under the giant cool block with the cool lightning and stuff. That's where all the spoilers are. Hell yeah. Um, all right, so I'm dropping the spoiler wall. I think since we both have the general consensus of not in not liking the movie overall. I feel like we should start with things that we enjoy. Okay. Okay. And this one will be, a, it might be a little tough to parse too, because like I just said, there are so many moments that I liked. Yeah. And then felt like a jerk for liking. Cause it was like, I shouldn't, I, I, I'm, it's, I'm like Obi-Wan at the beginning of episode three. How did this happen? We're smarter than this. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, just uh, then I'll start. Um, an aspect that I liked, and and uh, it was nice in in concept, was 
Leia teaching Ray. I loved that idea. And and of course, like one of the biggest problems with the movie as it exists is the fact that initially this movie was set to feature Carrie Fisher and Leia heavily. Right. And of course, Carrie Fisher passed away before the release of The Last Jedi. And so they had to figure out a workaround so that they could actually write her out of the series. And I think that's such a wonderful idea to have Leia be the master now. And I so wish I feel like some of what doesn't quite work for me about the movie would have worked so much better had Carrie Fisher been around to film it, had, had Leia been in more of these scenes to help bridge everybody's relationships. But right. Like that I thought was a very lovely idea. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, I liked a lot of the visuals, like when we get to the uh, festival planet mm -hmm. and how bright and colorful it is. I think um, the music in that section and the, the alien design was really well done. Um, I felt like it, it had a lot going for it um i think also i really liked the uh that moon of indoor with all the waves and stuff like that set piece is also really cool that lightsaber fight is great and also that that fight is part of what for me is probably the strongest run of scenes in the movie yeah i mean we're in spoilers now yeah um so Obviously, for me, MVP of the movie and MVP of the trilogy continued to be Adam Driver for me. Yeah. Um, and you you had to assume that they were going to redeem Kylo Ren in some way in this movie. Uh, you just, it's Star Wars. You had to assume that that's where they were heading. And ultimately, on paper, I like the way they did it. On paper, I like the way they did it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I do think, of course... Um, there's so they they do the really cool lightsaber fight and in this is where they write Leia out of the movie and of course you don't have a, a scene that they filmed with Carrie Fisher of Leia essentially sacrificing herself but my understanding tell me if you read this the same way my understanding of what happened there was she reached out to her son and just sort of like I guess made him recall just enough of who he was that he could sort of process the memory of his father and that's why like Han Solo shows up as a memory which. Presumably that would have been Leia if uh, Carrie Fisher was alive. Right. Right. And like she would have projected herself like Luke and and that would have cost her, her the rest of her energy and stuff. But she would have helped Ben come to that realization. I do think, though, the scene with Han worked so much better than I think it probably should have mm. for me. And I think mostly that's Driver's performance. Right. But the way it mirrors the scene in The Force Awakens and the way uh, do, the way like when he finally breaks and he's like dad and he's about to tell his dad that he loves him and Han interrupts him. He just says, I know. Yeah. Ah, dude, that's good. Like, that's good shit. More of that, less of everything else, more of that. <laughs> um, but so that like from the, the lightsaber fight on the death star kind of through that whole sequence where Kylo turns back to the light and he throws his lightsaber. Like, I think that's maybe the strongest run in the movie. Yeah. Um, another thing that I enjoyed was, and everyone on the internet is in agreement the little uh, droid fixer uh, character. Whose name I uh, uh, already forget, but I like yeah, him a bunch. I want to say it was like Baku something or other. Baku Frick. Ba Babu Frick. Yeah, yes. Babu Frick. I like, yes, everybody likes Babu Frick. Babu Frick is the baby Yoda of Rise of Skywalker. Right. Um, so yeah, Babu Frick, great. Yes. Um, uh, it was good seeing Lando back. Uh, it's so so much fun. Like, I, Obviously, even though from all the marketing, you knew that Billy D. Williams was coming back. He shows up and it's just like you, everybody in the audience cheers. I like want to cheer because it's it, you, you get to see old friends again. And that, like, that's 
the best part about these movies in relation to the other movies, right? It's like, you can argue that they lean too heavily on the nostalgia, but you actually get to, it feels in a way like going home, right? right? Like you actually get to see all of your old friends again. And it would have been weird if nobody invited Lando to this particular party. Yeah. Also, so much of what got me emotionally is because Carrie Fisher's no longer here. Like as soon as uh, Lando earlier in the movies, like I'm not coming with you when he says, you know, give Leia my love. I like got, it like fucked me up. Aww. But, but to, to these points, one thing that really worked for me in the movie that if you had told me this was in the movie, I would have said, there's no possible way this is not going to play laughable and clunky okay when leia dies and our our sort of team our, our core group arrives back on the the planet where the resistance base is and they receive the news right and chewy learns that leia is gone mm-hmm. right and like if you if you remember like that's that was his family those were his closest friends was han luke and leia and they're, yeah. they're gone now you know what I mean? Like he's the last one of that original crew left. His his last in a long line of losses. Like his family, his best friends are all gone now. Yeah. And Chewie like he crumbles. Like he actually like wails in grief and agony and like actually breaks down. Mm-hmm. And on paper, that sounds ridiculous. You know what I mean? It sounds like that can't that shouldn't play. That should just be absurd. And it really got me. Yeah. Like really got me. Um yeah, I and I also love that I, I can't remember if it's Finn or Poe goes to console him and he like pushes him away. Yeah, because he's trying to deal with it on his own. Um, another thing I really liked, and this is a small world building thing. Um, it because there were a couple moments in this show or in this episode that reminded me of Legend of Korra, which I really enjoy. Um, and a thing that they really do well is. Uh, world building in, in terms of the logical conclusion to something that existed in the previous version. Mm-hmm. And so I liked that basically in throughout the scenes or not the scenes, but throughout these episodes, we've gotten the advancement of technology in that in the first episode, we got the star killer base that could kill five planets at once. Right. Um, which is an advancement on the idea of the death star. And then in the next one, we get a miniaturized version that is portable. Yes. And in the in this one, we get one that they can just attach to a ship. Right. And I really like that aspect that, like, if you have something as devastating as uh, a world killer, why wouldn't you work on miniaturizing and making it something that is heavily, like, in the, the commodity of the, the, the world? Right. Um, I really liked that aspect that you see it actively grow from movie to movie. And I really wish that we had connected some of those dots because I have, we'll get into it, I have some questions about the Star Destroyers and about pretty much every single thing involved in that corner of the movie. Um, Especially when, like, not for nothing, and we don't need this movie to be about that, we don't need a whole additional plot line, but um, in the last movie... We spent a bunch of time on Cantobite, which a lot of people are like, it was pointless. I watched the movie again, man. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but one of the big ideas that they introduced into Star Wars is that much like in our world, war is a business. Yeah. And there are people who are building and mass manufacturing these weapons for use by both sides. And that's a really interesting gray area that we don't get to play in in this universe very often. In Now that we've established that as an idea, a really interesting idea, sort of like, all right, so these were like old zombie ships and stuff. And that's, that's okay too. But like, 
we should we should decide. I guess we should make a we should make a, a decision about that. And I didn't feel like we'll get in we'll get into all of that. Right. But um, the, I didn't feel like they were zombie ships. I think they were they were underground. Yes. But I since there were creatures working on his body, I felt like it was all like underground um, financed people doing uh the building yeah i got questions about that too. I, as we'll, you should we'll get we'll um, get i want i don't want to get to any of that till we talk about the emperor in general and i kind of want to get try and pull more things i like before we head head the, obviously look the cast is great across the board always um i really like there's a lot of good interplay with finn and poe that i like i really like the moment where poe decides to make finn a general yeah, and they just they keep talking about the other thing, and it's like a general, general. Okay, moving on, and they keep like right little bits like that. I thought were were really great. Um, some of the action is fun. Um, I like the expansion of the force powers from Last Jedi. I think in a different movie, the moment at the end where uh, Ray force passes the lightsaber to Ben, yeah, would have gotten a massive reaction, and I think. I don't know about y'all's audiences. By the time uh, we got there in the movie, my audience, I think, was not totally, totally jiving with it all the way. But I thought that was a great idea. Um, I personally didn't like the force, like, teleportation thing. Um, Mostly because, like, I felt like when we... And I I get that it's an evolution of the, the way that they connect... Um, in that in a scene in The Last Jedi, when they interacted, Kylo's hand was wet. And you're like, oh, man, he got some of the wetness. But I also felt like that was still part of the force projection. I didn't feel like it was actually physically there. Right. So the moment that he grabs the beads um, and they, like, analyze them, I was like, I don't know if that's how that works. How do you then? Because if, if you can do like one small thing, why not just grab her and bring her through? Well, that's that. The issue for me would have been if this wasn't the last movie. Yeah, at a certain point, you've written yourself into a corner with that power. Right. But if this is the last story, then all right. Well, we're not going to be around long enough to totally back ourselves in that way. But no, I I agree with you. It it raises a lot of additional questions. But the reason I don't have a huge issue with it raising a bunch of additional questions is because at the very least, it all feels properly contextualized within the story they're telling. Okay. Not the case for a number of other things in this movie that I feel raise a huge number of questions. All right. Well, I think it's time that we kind of start diving into that stuff. We have, uh, we, we've, we've burned through some time. So let's, let's get into our, our, main things and i think you kind of got to my big issue with this movie at least going into it is the the return of the emperor Mm -hmm. um and i i feel like a lot of people who enjoy the movie like that they feel like he kind of ties all the movies together because if if you're watching from episode one to episode nine um it's the it's the sneeve sneeve Sheev. Sheev. It's the Sheev show. show. Yeah. Um, you know, at the first the first prequel trilogy, or the, the prequel trilogy, not the first trilogy, but like this prequel trilogy is about his rise to power. And uh the original trilogy is about uh Luke, but he's also like mainly he, there. He's there in the background the whole time. He he doesn't show up in the flesh till the third movie, which is the first time Ian McDermott played the character. Right. But 
they reference the Emperor in the first movie, and then Vader talks to uh, a hologram. the hologram yeah. in Empire. And so now, um, now he's there, and they essentially reveal that, I guess he... He created Snoke. Okay, so this physically. was this was a big theory that people had for a while because again, like we, I guess we really don't like story and themes, so we're gonna ignore the last movie. But that's fine. Uh, Snoke. So, uh, okay. So the people that were really angry about the Last Jedi and they feel like Snoke, quote unquote, didn't matter. Do they feel better or worse about it now? Because I feel like this is planting a flag, saying no. As much as it didn't matter, matters even less now. Um, I loved truly loved one of the things i did and like not for the right reasons maybe but truly loved about this movie was very early like palpatine shows up right away yes uh very early in the movie uh, uh ben solo is like talking to him and he's like i killed snoke and palpatine's like i made snoke and then r- right after that it cuts to literally a shot of like jars full of Snoke parts. And I was like, holy fuck, he meant literally. And I'm sitting there cackling. And it's uh-huh. like, that was, that was wonderful. I don't know if they intended my reaction to be that, but it that was some, that was beauty. I, uh, yes, that, <laughs> you know, if you like subtlety, it's, it's not there. <laughs> it just um, seems like, like, why go there? I don't know. I think, so my issue with it, and this is, this is my issue alone because i'm viewing the movie through the the spectrum of the whole trilogy as opposed to itself but the trilogy had up to that point been really leaning towards this idea of kylo becoming the main villain right and that's where we left him at the end of the last one right and he had so he had put a that flag in the ground being like i am now your big bad Mm -hmm. and so to have uh, the Emperor Comeback diminishes that idea. It it finds a way to make a what we left off as a very gray situation where he's um, he made his decision and now you have to like deal with the tragedy of that. And instead, it is like no, there are definitive good and bad sides, and now everyone can just kind of turn and face this ultimate evil as opposed to really having to make the mature decision to try to find another solution to a character who has ties to both the good and bad sides. Um, and now it's just someone you can hack to death. Right. It really felt like, wow, we left Kylo in such an interesting place. What, what, what is it like when the person you're trying to redeem is essentially the emperor? Right. right? Um, and that is really compelling and really gray and really thematically rich and narratively rich this really feels like they went not too hard yeah it's it's way easier if we just get a bigger bad guy that they can both team up against and it just felt that to me is what everything involving the emperor felt like top to bottom it just felt like and i don't want to go too negative on this but i genuinely don't like and also don't understand all of the choices that were made i i truly don't get it and honestly it wouldn't yeah, okay, so it's the Emperor, right? The Emperor probably needed to be in this movie in some capacity, right? Right. I expected it would be something, or had hoped it would be something more like he's he's part of a force vision that helps tie some of the mythology together right. and explain some of what's happening with our characters, but no, right away. Right away, the opening crawl, the dead speak, Emperor Palpatine is back! Yeah. Um, And we never learn why. 
we just have to go, okay, the dark side is a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural, so I'm alive again. You know, like, okay, fine. But we don't get anything about that. We don't really get anything about where he's been, what he's been doing, who everyone around him is. Like, who are these thousands of Sith acolytes? You know, like, how did he put all this together? Where the Star Destroyers come from? And by the way, I'm not the person who needs everything explained. Right. One of the amazing things about Star Wars, one of the things that made people fall in love with it so easily and so completely is because there's so much around. Look at all the expanded universe stuff. Those movies are full of things around the margins that aren't explained. Yeah. I'm fine with that in those movies because everything else in those scenes is contextualized properly within the narrative. Right. I don't feel like anything involving the emperor was contextualized properly in this movie. And so all of the things that aren't explained stick out to me as problematic in a way that they wouldn't otherwise yeah i mean i think that like if i were to try to rationalize it there it it felt like when he kept saying i am the sith that like all of those acolytes were actually just parts of his consciousness projected into like bodies interesting is what it felt like okay because they also died as he died and so like ah but but like it, the 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 thing it made me really think about was does that mean that because the force is all about balance that his him being that strong and having that many um embodiments or disciples or whatever means that ray and ben are as strong as that many people oh yeah by the way somebody online said this and i i'm inclined to agree force Force dyad is the new midi chlorians. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I, w- I will. Oh, um, I will say that I did. It's a. It's a. It's a dumb. It it ha- it rang of a of a Martha feeling to me. Which which moment? Um, it was the moment where um, you <laughs> Ray was like, I saw me. And uh, Kylo Ren sitting on the throne, and then uh, the moment that you get to the to the Emperor sitting on his throne, it's because he absorbed their life force, right. and so it was like them being like, "Eh, I hey, see. Okay, look, he's, he, they're both on the throne because their life force is inside of the Emperor." You Got guys it. get it, right? Okay, that's not really in the movie, but I could I could track that for sure. Like, yeah, that actually makes perfect sense. I just wish the movie had made sense of it. Well, but, I mean, that's, like, she says it, and then it happens. So, like, it's in the movie, but you have to, right. like... You can't see, like, Tari's making a sort of, eh, hand motion. Okay, f- I'll give you, it's in the movie. I'll give you that. Right. Um, but so, okay, because I know time is limited, there are a few things that I feel like we, we would be remiss if we don't talk about Okay. in this vein. Yes. Uh, one, super quick one. One of my single biggest problems with this movie is how they, uh, they sideline Rose to an almost comedic degree. Yes. Like that to me is maybe the gravest sin in this movie of many sins. Everybody's got their opinions. In my opinion, Rose Tico is the single best character created for this trilogy that isn't Kylo Ren. Right. And so it that bothered me a lot. Oh yeah. Especially when we have it we introduce a new character, Jenna, who I like, um, who doesn't nothing, basically. Yes. Like why isn't Rose there? Yeah, she she like Jenna, I one, 
Love Jana. She's, she's I, great. I like her a lot. Very but... interesting. I would love to see her in her own series. Yeah. Um, but like the she provides the same elements that we could have taken from The Last Jedi in that she provides horses, basically, that they use instead of speeders, which if we wanted to, we could have gone back to that uh to Canto Bite and taken those same exact yep, horses. Taking the Fathers. Um and it would have had the same effect. And the fact that we brought C three PO, who didn't add anything to any of the scenes he was in I instead about of that. Rose, oh, who I- like has history with all of these characters. Yep. Like C three PO doesn't really know them very much and like he's just kind of there to to make comments i totally get wanting to give anthony daniels more to do in this movie he is the only actor to appear in all nine saga movies this being the last movie this presumably his last outing is c-3po i totally totally get wanting to give him more to do it didn't work for me yes and it, it didn't work for me i think the little kind of like comedic relief bits are fine it didn't work for me narratively because they build it up it's in the trailer too like i'm taking one last look at my friends and they build this up like we need this information from the Sith dagger that for some reason you can't trans fine. Um, we'll, we got to wipe your memory. And so there's actually a cost to this. And right. they even have a line about, well, can't R2 like restore your memory? No, he can't. His, his data banks can't sustain a backup of that size. Yes. As soon as he bumps into R2 again, R2's like, I got this. Here's your memories. Not yes. every one of them, right? He's got a partial backup, but it's right. like, well, you literally told us this mattered just now. And then almost in the next scene, you're like, no, no, this doesn't matter at all. Yes. So that gets to um, my other big issue with the movie is that it likes it wants to have its cake and eat it, too. And that like it wants you to feel like there are stakes. Yeah. But it immediately rips those stakes away. Like when when Ray thinks that she kills Chewbacca and you're like, oh, shit. I, I, that is a very intense, like visceral moment that like one, that's how they take Chewbacca out. That's shocking. Yeah. And, uh, and her having to deal with that. And then they're like, just kidding. There was another transport that Chewbacca was on. Don't worry guys. And then we get the idea of, uh, C-3PO losing. Well, I guess at this point it's only two sagas worth of memories, because he had his mind wiped at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Because otherwise, that can't line up at all. Yeah. Right. Um, and and having that aspect removed from him, uh, I think that 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 is a moment of stakes that again we were taken away. And in the same moment, we also got not in that same moment, but also to pile on um, the the moment that we that, that they destroy the planet with uh, Babu Frick on it, that planet goes uh, away and where you're like, oh man, that had characters we just met, but like, we're very likable. We like, yeah. And then they come back at the end and it's like, they're fine. Yeah, every character, the two characters that we had any frame of reference for are okay. Right. Yeah. Um, And, and yeah. And then to have Leia die almost like inexplicably, inexplicably, um, that one is tough just because they they could only do so much with Carrie not being around to shoot it. Yes. That's what I call a forced error. Like it's a no pun intended. Ha-ha. It's a it's a it's an it creates issues with the movie, but there's only so much they could have done about that. Right. I get that. But like hers and um Kylo's we're in spoiler territory. Very spoiler territory. Are the only deaths that we get in this movie of consequence. Yeah. I mean, I guess um I guess uh 
a bunch of pilots die at certain points. And I guess the, the emperor, but he's been dead before. And right. also, sidebar, and this is something that I both like and don't like in the movie, uh, Hux. Um, I think Hux as the spy actually makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Given where we left him in The Last Jedi. And him being off so abruptly, I think, could work. But Hux was barely a character in the movie. Right. And I would have loved to even just one additional scene with him. Not, or even just an additional few lines to just give him more of a presence in the movie. Yeah. I feel like would have made that work. Having said that, Richard E. Grant was like, it, it's almost like he was genetically engineered by the Emperor to play an Imperial officer one day. Like, really great. But okay, so let's let's talk about, so that we can, we can wrap this up today. Yes. Uh, there are two big things and one tiny thing that okay. I, I want to hit. Let's hit the tiny thing first. Okay. And this is one of those moments that I alluded to earlier where it's like I was I really liked it and then went, I'm such a jackass for liking this. The moment at the end where Maz Kanata hands Chewie the medal that he didn't get at the end of the original movie. Yeah. So when that happened, my initial reaction was, ah, that's so nice and like good for Chewie that he finally gets the wait a second. Wait. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. you been wait. holding on to this whole, this thing for the whole time? Not even that. Well, yeah, it's like, why do, I guess she has Luke's lightsaber, so I guess she just finds missing shit from, from these characters' lives. Sure. But no, it's, it's that the conversation about Chewie getting a medal or not has nothing to do with anything that's in any of the movies. It's all internet fan conversation. Right. It was not there as a payoff to anything. The moment in the movie meant nothing. And I could backbend and be like, okay, well, you know what? It is meaningful because they just scored what will hopefully be their final decisive victory over the guy that's been fucking with their shit for generations now. And Leia is gone. And, you know, here's something that, like, here's a remembrance of the first time you guys scored a big victory together as a family. That's right. great. Yeah. None of that's in the movie. No. It's just not there. So uh, I was just like, why is that? And that, to me is emblematic of the biggest problems with the movie. Yes. It's like, this is there, we, we know who this is there for. This is there for the the Reddit trolls, basically. Right. Um, it felt, I saw a tweet, Scott Wampler from Birth Movies Death put out a tweet that was something to the effect of, this is maybe a little more harshly than I would put it, but Rise of Skywalker feels like instead of writing a script for an actual Star Wars movie, you went onto Reddit and found a checklist, like a wish list, written by a howling lunatic, and yeah. shot that instead. Um, so that moment I didn't like, and I feel like that moment is sort of indicative with a lot of the movie's problems. Right. That's the little thing. Well, I would like to uh, imagine, because we don't know what Chewie says at any given moment, I'm retroactively believing that everything he says is punctuated by, um, you know, but... I didn't get a medal, so who the fuck cares? <laughs> right. Um, so, like, anytime someone's like, yeah, 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 Chewie, it, he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. But I didn't get a medal, so who, whatever. Oh, uh, God. Yep. yep. And so it's actually the culmination of a 40 years long journey for Chewbacca as a character. Yeah, yeah. Even in Solo, um, some of the moments he's like, you know what? My life would be fulfilled if I just get a medal. That's all I care about. It's like I've been alive for over 200 years. No medals. Yeah. I want just one. Right. I fought next to to uh, Yoda, Yoda once. I know Still Yoda, no medals. bitch. Yeah, yeah, Yoda didn't give me a medal. He was like, oh, I think my friends are being killed. Gotta go. Never came back with my medal. Right. Bullshit. 
Ah, what a jerk. Um, so what are the two other things? All right, here are the two big things. I'm trying to decide which order to take them in. No, you know what? Let's take them in chronological order. I really, so as we said, I really don't like anything involving the Emperor in this movie. You know when I knew we were in trouble, actually, is when very early in the movie, uh, Finn and Poe have information from their spy and then really quickly and jarringly, we cut to Poe talking to the whole group going, so Emperor Palpatine is back, you guys. It's like, how? We don't know. I'm like, okay, we're kind of in trouble, aren't yep. we? Um, but we, of course, we have to, have to, have to, have to talk about the reveal that Ray is not nobody. Ray is Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. Yes. So, um, so yes, the moment I knew we were in trouble was... Before that, we, like we get this really interesting visually montage um, of Kylo killing some Jamokes and essentially finding the MacGuffin crystal and then going to the Emperor and the Emperor being like, blah, 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 I'm ultimate big bad. And then um, almost looks at the camera being like, you don't know who she is. And he like smiles and he's like, wink. And then he goes, look at my jar of semen. Guess what I did with that? I, and then he parented children. And then those children had sex with each other. And then those that produced Ray. Yeah. Is that what happened? As far as I know. Well, this is what I'm talking about too. And it's like, it raises so many questions because, and, and not for nothing, a weird unforced error insofar as one of the popular fan theories going back to Phantom Menace was that uh, Anakin's sort of immaculate force conception was engineered by Palpatine. Right. Why not just do that? If you're going to make her come from Palpatine in some way, that's so much simpler, so much more elegant, supported by enough of the text of these movies that you can track it. Whereas, so Palpatine had a son? Like an actual biological son, right. or was he a clone, or like, or or what? And if he had a biological son, his whole thing in all of these movies is, well, if a Sith has offspring, they're dangerous, right? Anakin, you have children; we have to make sure that they're dealt with because they're a threat, right? So he just, let, I mean, I get that he was quote unquote dead for a run of this time, but just like let the dude go off and live his life for a minute, right? Like it just doesn't. None of it tracks for me. Yeah, why wouldn't that son that he? fathered himself be just another tool for him to play like why did he have to go and find his his granddaughter and be like all right i'm gonna send a bounty hunter it's like no like palpatine uh is apparently playing 4d chess and so chess um so why not have that dude just be someone who's loyal to him and be like all right now you're gonna have a baby and that baby's gonna fucking be my vessel oh yeah or why not have his son be his vessel because, like, he apparently can just put himself in anything. Right. And so and it's, that's how he got grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Yikes. Putting himself do, in all the things. It did. This movie did give us the beautiful gift of, of imagining Emperor Palpatine, like prequel era Palpatine, just running around having sex with people. Right. I want that Disney Plus series, frankly. I want it to be sort of like um, like Mad Men, where he's the Don Draper. Uh-huh. I think that'd be a dope show. Um, but it's an unforced error insofar as like we didn't need to convolute it this much yes there's a simpler there's a straight line to if you want to tell this story there's a straight line to it and the mo of this movie seems to be let's overcomplicate. like the first 40 minutes of this movie about 20 minutes worth of actual story happens and they just keep adding steps to it right. unnecessarily yes 
But really what bothers me so much about the twist is how it undoes what, in my opinion, is the most powerful theme of The Last Jedi and what actually makes Rey special. What makes Rey special is that she's not part of a magical bloodline, that she is a person like any one of us, like Luke was in that original movie before they decided he was like the the special chosen one. Right. Um, And now she's just sort of another one of them. Right. And it it bums me out. And I, you know, I, I, there was a way to do it. You know what I mean? There's a way to like, um, there's sort of a Shakespearean tragedy element to the idea of like, I was so desperate to find my place. And it turns out my place is, is in this, in this darkness. Like I come from this thing that I've been fighting the whole time. Like that's a potentially really powerful idea. Yeah. And that's not in the movie. No. That's not the story they're really, they're, they're telling. And so I just, it just felt, it felt like it was there in response to the last movie. And it just felt like, and I, I can't, it felt like a spineless choice. To yes. Me. Um, yes. Mostly because I think for me, because I had just watched Last Jedi and, and really kind of solidified this idea that like, Ray spent the whole movie trying to find salvation in other people. And and that's what the to me what the force vision she gets when she goes to the to the like dark side realm is is that she's looking for her place in all these other people and that's what this line of of Ray's were is that she's always going to be trying to look to other people um, and find herself inside of them. And ultimately, like, the one that she really needs is herself. Right. And it was her coming to terms with the fact that, like, she has to find value from within. And then this movie's like, JK, your value comes from your granddaddy's blood. Right. Oh, boy. And I just don't. It felt, honestly, it felt gross to yeah. me a little bit because it's like, no, 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 no. It's not anybody can be special you really do have to be part of a magical bloodline. You really do have to be born into it or you're not special. Yeah. Now, the movie does, again, like it tries to with everything, have at least two cakes and eat them too because they also, with Finn, and they really don't explore this much at all, they do follow up on this totally fan-invented idea that Finn is potentially Force-sensitive. Yeah. And I like that. And I like that it's an extension of the idea from the last movie that the Force can belong to everybody. Yes. I, I wish we had... I mean, just pick one. Honestly, even if it's the one I think is less interesting, just pick one. Yeah. Um, but so I didn't like that twist even a little bit at, at all. Um, and the other thing that I really, really didn't like, and this is, I guess, a your mileage may vary thing, and I'll explain why I didn't like it. But first I want to ask you, how did you feel about the final scene with Ray and Ben? You mean that fucking smooch? And in particular, that kiss. How did you feel about that? Um, I didn't like it because it didn't it didn't feel like their relationship was a romantic one to begin. Like I could justify it with for myself being that she's like, I've never kissed anyone. I'm gonna smooch your face in the same way that like Rose also smooched Finn at the end of The Last Jedi to be like, oh boy, this might be my last time that I can do a, a smooch. Um, but I think that it was uncalled for and it, it seemed like something that was just there for all the the Raylo fans. Yep. So it really didn't feel, I, I don't begrudge anyone their horny takes. I think they're funny and like, good. Why not? Like, let's, let's normal it. Like, let's not be afraid of that. Let's normalize it so we can talk about it. Nobody's ashamed or afraid of, of, 
sexuality, whatever. Like, I, I'm good with all of that. Yes. That's not in the movie. It's, not, it's I guess because Adam Driver had his shirt off in one scene and he is handsome. Right. Uh, that's not in any of the movies. That's something, again, this movie seems to be looking at Reddit for script notes. Yes. Can I also bring in this, this uh, because I'm a, I'm a black person. Yes. Um, so I can, I can, I can, I can take this from my perspective. It's this idea that like, there's, there's a very small aspect of uh, Finn having a thing for Ray. And like, there's no indication that Ray has a thing for Finn, right. which is fine. But it also feels like her being like, oh, Ben Solo, this white dude is my, my relationship thing. Yeah. And then being like, hey, you know, Finn, why don't you go hang out with the black people and do your thing? Um, I didn't know. We I, we talked about this before getting on mic, and I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it on mic. I just, well, because. I, they keep grouping the black characters together. Right. But, like, it's also, there's a, a very old Hollywood idea that uh, that interracial relationships shouldn't be shown on, on screen. And you get, like, a, like, Finn, I assume, Almost saying that he loves Ray or something. Some people, whatever he also, was going to say. Some people are also saying, well, maybe he was going to tell her that he feels force sensitivity stuff. Either way, we never follow up on that. We never pay that off, and ultimately, it was meaningless that it yes. was in the movie. Um, yes, my head canon is that he was going to tell her that he's uh, been in a relationship with Poe the whole time. Um, be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, and that he wanted him, he wanted her to be, uh, his best man. That was my, that's my head canon, and no one can change that. I love that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it really was unnecessary. They didn't have that relationship at all. And like, even though they were connected and they, they had those like quote unquote intimate moments, uh, in The Last Jedi, they I never saw them as romantic in any way, shape, or form. And also, I think that the 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 idea that she's like, I know, I know, you think like maybe thank you for saving my life. Here's a smooch as a as a reward is another one of those things where it's like, hey, women aren't aren't uh, women aren't trophies. He didn't earn her. Uh, oh, like, he yeah, he kind of wins Ray by turning to the light. Right. Ooh, I didn't even think about um, that, too. Like, it, it feels very icky to me. Yes. Like, insofar as, like, it feels like, um, I mean, think about it. Like, he's her abuser, essentially. Yes. He has been torturing her and her friends, both physically and emotionally, for years now. Yes. And it feels like, it, it's like, oh, but... He did one nice thing, so I know he loves me. Right. Or like, you know, like he, uh, uh, I, if you just put in enough work, you'll be able to fix this damaged boy and he'll, yes. he'll love you and stuff. And like, it just played so gross to me for yeah. that, for that reason. It felt like when people try to romanticize the Joker Harley Quinn relationship. Yes. It like, uh, and I like the rest of it on paper. I actually really like the way he came to the light. I like the way that, uh, having the, like the, the, his mother connecting with him and, sort of being able to like have the memory of his father it doesn't totally make sense but the memory of his father and he's able to forgive him and forgive himself um and that he ultimately sacrifices himself so that ray can live i like all of that right just fine um, i literally out loud and i don't i don't like being this person but it came out like involuntarily i just shifted in my seat and went oh, that's a choice like, yeah it just came out you know and fuck man 
I get, look, I get on paper how a version of that could track, right? Like in that moment, Kylo Ren is dead. Yeah. And this is Ben Solo. This is the man he could have been, should have been. And if Ray had met this man a few years ago, yeah, maybe things could have been different for them in that way. But that's not the story we've been telling. Right. Um, so we have to wrap this up. Um, but hey, everyone out there, let us know what you thought of The Last Jedi. Um, we, we made sure to split the light side and the dark side um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, because there's no gray. There's no in between. What I do think it's, it's very appropriate. What I do think is is interesting and look, I'll say this as a final thought. I'll say this. Obviously, I have a lot of negative feelings about the movie, but a lot of people are really going to love it. And I'm really excited for those people that they're going to get, I guess, th- this this movie, which maybe is what they wanted from the last movie. And that's awesome. I got what I wanted from the last one, and I'm, I am I love it, and I'm good with that. Right. If this does that for you, awesome. I'm, I'm super happy for you. Um, and maybe with a little bit more time, the stuff that bothers me will be less jarring i'll be more used to it it'll bother me less and stuff yeah and the stuff that works will hopefully work better uh what i think is fascinating about what is now going to be if not the entire legacy of the sequel trilogy certainly a big part of it it's very fascinating that the sequel trilogy is now essentially two filmmakers having an argument yes and that is fascinating to me. right um i agree and to that to that end uh please send us your fan fiction uh, we will read it and, and, and it'll be fun. Uh, you can do so to missing outcast M I S S I N G O U T C A S T. Um, let us know your general thoughts. If you have fan fiction, what you would have preferred, what you liked about it. I'm, I'm very interested to hear from the people who loved the movie, like what they really enjoyed about it. Because just because I didn't like a thing doesn't mean that I'm not interested in hearing the the views of people who loved it run right. so like i i want to know what you loved about it i, I want to love to know. it so much more than i do right um i want you to celebrate this thing that you enjoyed if you enjoyed it so let us know what you thought um and if you just want to talk to lex michael you can do so here i'm on twitter and instagram at the lex michael and and like tari said we'd love to hear from you and talk star wars but remember folks these are just movies right um and you can hit me up at tari j t-a-r-i-j-a-y seriously send me your fanfic because i love that shit um but yeah and we will be talking about more star wars tomorrow um we have a friend coming in Uh, my buddy colin mcdonald who's a really uh, wonderful cinematographer and he's a big lifelong star wars fan wants to come in and talk to us about the cinematography of Star Wars, not just the first movie, but the series as a whole. It's going to be, I think, a really fun, uh, interesting, wide-ranging conversation, and I get to to pick a, a shooter's brain about the technological aspects of, of movies that we really, really love. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and since it's going to be Christmas Eve, you could say that we're going to be doing our own Star Wars Christmas special. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Happy, so, happy Life Day, everyone. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, we will see you tomorrow. Until then, have a wonderful holiday. Also, uh, we're in the midst of Hanukkah, so happy Hanukkah. Indeed. All right. Bye.